Welcome to The Hammer, where we hit the nail on the head with insights from the world of Canadian renovation and custom home contracting. Now here's your host, the editor of Canadian Contractor Magazine, Patrick Flannery. Hi everyone, Pat Flannery here. Very entertaining conversation today with uh, Gavin Daly from Access Communications. Uh, Gavin is the uh, architectural uh, uh, manager there, and he uh, knows just about uh, everything there is to know about uh, construction site security technology. Uh, Gavin and I had a good conversation about some of the uh, the principles of uh, construction site security, uh, what the effort is there, uh, what you're trying to accomplish with uh, uh, cameras and audio and uh, and other devices. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of software support that goes into that uh, these days. Um, there are uh, there are deterrent uh, matters to look at. There are safety matters to look at. Uh, there's obviously uh, efforts to catch uh, catch criminals and recover uh, materials that can be looked at. Access to the site um, and uh, also a surprising amount of uh, operational improvements that can be gathered from uh, from the information you get from uh, uh, keeping up some sort of uh, surveillance on your site and, uh, and, and just having a, a better input to, to, to what goes on and, and when and how it happens. Um, so Gavin and I had a, an excellent conversation uh, about this, uh, very informative, uh, lots of new things that I wasn't aware of. So please uh, enjoy my uh, conversation with Gavin Daly from Access Communications. I am with Gavin Daly. He's from Access Communications. How are you doing, Gavin? Excellent, Patrick. Yeah, how are you? Good, good. So, uh, Gavin, you've joined me here today to, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about construction site security, something uh, something you guys uh, deal with a lot and, and, and have lots of uh, ways to help people with. Uh, yep. I'm very interested to, to hear about that and, and, and to hear about some of the principles because, um, uh, you know, uh, site security is is just it's just a constant ongoing battle for for everybody. Um, I'm keeping track of your equipment, uh, uh, keeping track of your yard, uh, uh, keeping your your business place secure. Um, lots of elements, and we'll, we'll we'll get into all of it. Why don't you start off though by uh, telling us a bit about yourself and uh, and about Axis? Absolutely. Uh, thanks for having me here on the podcast. I'm looking forward to to uh, addressing a few co uh, questions and concerns, I guess, in the particularly in construction site security. But I've been um, with Access for a little over 10 years now. My official role on, on paper anyway, is what they call an architect and engineering manager. And uh, I deal with really everything from the, the engineering side of things on the pre-sales, uh, but also um, touching on the general contractor side as well, uh, which are very heavily involved in, in construction sites. But, 16 years in the industry and yeah, so far so good. Uh, I haven't, uh, I haven't run away screaming yet. So how bad can it be? <laughs> you're, you you you're, you're good. You're in the, you're in the, probably the top uh, 80th percentile there, Gavin, just uh, hanging in there. Nice. Hey, hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> Terrific. And, uh, and uh, how would you, how would you describe access? What, uh, what, what's your, what's your main offering? Um, well, we're, we're well known, I suppose it's it's kind of funny because we're we're a very big fish in a small industry. The the security industry is rather rather small if you compare that to other major verticals like even construction or finance or energy or pharmaceuticals. I mean these um, 
sometimes trillion dollars uh, businesses, right? And so we're, we're kind of small, uh, but Access as a company, uh, I have to say, is really, really good company uh, to work for. Um, the culture here is amazing. You get to meet some really good people. And then the technology side, uh, Access is very innovative. Um, today, we're known as being a kind of a security camera company, um, which there's a lot more to it than that. Um, we do we do so many cool things over here, but uh, that's kind of what we're known for these days. Yeah. It's evolving technology for sure. I mean, uh, there's there's so much being done with uh, uh, face recognition and, and 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 you know AI processing of images and all this sort of thing. I mean, the 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 sky's the sky's the limit. How how much of that a, a construction company would want to pay for? It might be another question. But uh, the yeah. uh, the <laughs> but I mean, I, I know that I know that uh, there's a lot going on in 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 the space on the on the technology for sure. There is, um, and, and it's an interesting point you brought up because costs are obviously very important to people and mm-hmm. in the construction world, I mean, you talk about the price of materials or labor and these are all high costs. You look at paying more money on this technology, you, may, you might say, well, do I really need it? And if you look at just the price of a piece of hardware and you say, oh, that's really, really expensive. But if you, if you can show the, uh, the value it brings back and maybe it's going to save you uh, some time and effort uh, if it's going to help you reduce theft uh, you start looking at the numbers it's maybe not as as big an investment as uh, as you might think you know so backing up a bit construction site security is a is is a big topic what 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 do, what, do, what do you think of when somebody asks you to talk about construction site security what's what's how's it how's it defined in your mind yeah i mean when, when somebody, when we start having those conversations, the, the things I think about, first of all, are safety and security of the, the actual site, the construction site itself, uh, and of course, the people that are working there. Uh, and in our industry, the technology that really uh, comes into play in, in there is video surveillance, analytics, uh, access control, and then we have audio. Um, so construction sites, when, when I think about them, I, I start thinking about things like, well, they typically don't uh, run during the night, right, with some exceptions. And it's in the daytime, you've got your day-to-day work operations, you know, health and safety protocols being followed and so forth. Um, but then it's at the nighttime when uh, when they're most vulnerable. And typically to things like theft uh, comes to mind when uh, when we talk about construction site security. So, yeah. um, so very, very different needs. Uh, when you're thinking about monitoring a site during the day while the work is going on versus uh, what, what you might need to think about in the night, probably. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, usually at night is when theft is at the highest. I mean, right. of course, there's exceptions to that rule as well. But um, yeah, in the daytime, I mean, maybe it's it's visitor management and tracking who's coming and going and materials are being delivered and the, the actual construction happening on site. And it's yeah, it's just that day-to-day stuff where um, maybe it's things like accidents or hazards and uh, that, that are being more of a concern uh, than at nighttime when we're, we're going to be worried, is, is all of our material going to be there the next day, right? So, Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what, um, like, what's changing? Where, where, where's the action at right now in, in construction site security? What, uh, what are some of the new trends uh, that, that you see coming along? Yeah, absolutely. There's there's quite a few there actually, but um, this is what we found on uh, 
uh, looking back over the last couple of years and more recently, uh, there is a much more increased uh, focus on health and safety and an increased focus on security uh, on construction sites. Uh, we see things like the increased cost of materials. Some are accelerated by the pandemic, uh, but of course, materials are generally going up in price anyways. Uh, we see the use of more advanced tools like building and information uh, modeling or BIM on the general contractor side. So we, we have to also create tools on our side to support that. Um, we've seen an increase for the need for mobility and remote access. Um, so having more of these virtual meetings uh, over the last two years in particularly has led to an increased need for connectivity at these sites. And then of course, we've got new procedures uh, that we got to worry about, such as the wearing of a, a PPE, a contact tracing, social distancing, and the list goes on. Um, there's a couple others then we see, we've seen this for a few years actually, uh, more and more uh, companies, they want to see time-lapse videos of the construction. Right. We, we've been doing that for years, uh, which is where somebody wants to take a, usually it's a high resolution camera, pointed at a building, take a couple of snapshots every day. And then after one or two, three years or whatever the, uh, the timeline of the construction is and make some really cool video at the end uh, to show, you know, a three year building uh, in, in like one minute uh, getting constructed. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. That, that's, then, what I, that's what I hadn't yeah. thought of. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. 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 And everyone kind of can relate to that one. And, mm -hmm. um, but there's, there's been a few other interesting ones, actually, like live streaming to a remote operator, um, where let's say the windows are going in on a building. They can uh, remotely take control of a camera, zoom in, and actually say, oh, yeah, I see the windows going in. Oh, it's, it's got the right tint in it. It's got the right color. Um, without having to actually drive out to the to the site to physically inspect it. And there, there's some time and um, cost savings you could associate with that as well. And uh, operational efficiency but I guess on the security side uh, we also see and it's another trend is more and more requirement for access control to enter so people can't just walk or drive onto a site there is a procedure a checkpoint you have to go through and maybe badge in um, and then that that same badge could get linked to your time and attendance so it's ultimately tied to your pay uh, and then also it, it's good for visitor management because some people are going to be coming and going to these sites and there's others that are going to be there every day, right? So you've got a lot of, a lot of different people uh, coming in and out of these places. And uh, that also incre can increase the amount of uh, potential risks or things to go wrong, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, obviously way elevated concerns with that during the pandemic. And, uh, and, and you know, we want to we want to make sure that people are, are, are stopping and doing the procedures that they're supposed to do and, and, and that kind of thing. It, yeah. Wow. A lot, a lot, a lot there that, that isn't really uh, uh, just top of mind when somebody thinks about uh, uh, construction security, which I, I guess is why you're in that your job and I'm in my job. Um, the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, uh, the mobility piece is interesting. Uh, it's yeah, it's, I, I guess uh, it, it isn't really good enough anymore to just beam the images to a one screen in a trailer somewhere. And, and that's kind of the end of it. I, you know, you, yeah, you'd have to be able to, get it on your phone uh, really uh, just about anywhere, I suppose would be the expectation these days. Yeah. It's almost like a minimum requirement, I would say. And mm -hmm. um, it, it's, a, it's a basic thing that any, any system, any surveillance system does these days. It's, it's yeah. kind of, 
you know, and who doesn't have a phone or a smartphone these days? It's uh, you, you can't even buy it. You can't even buy a, a, a lamp at a, at a, at a, at, at Home Depot without uh, getting an app with it. So, I mean, I guess you might as well, uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> pretty much That's right. might as well, might as well do it in your security camera. Um, oh, yeah. So I guess give me the, give me the, the, the top, I don't know, three, five, uh, 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 threats on a construction site. What are, what are, what are people coming to you and, 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 and really are the most concerned about and asking you to, to try to help them with? Yeah. The, the one that keeps coming up, uh, I would say the most is theft. Um, that's yeah. gotta be the number one. And that's theft of, uh, when I say theft of physical materials, right? Like fuel, lumber, steel, or copper wiring, I mean, really anything people can get their hands on. Um, if it's not bolted to the floor, it walks, as, as one customer described it to me. And, and, that, and that's physical theft. But the other one um, that people don't think about actually is uh, cyber attacks and data breaches. And you might think that's kind of uh, interesting if you're talking about construction, but the construction industry is not immune to cyber attacks. Because you got to think about things like designs, blueprints, the material pricing info, um, information about the end customer, um, company financial information, the list goes on, but the, the data breaches uh, that could result in the losses uh, are quite significant and there's a lot of liability there. Then the other, the other I guess, common thread is um, you think about the individuals working at these sites, the type of work that they do can be uh, dangerous in nature. So lots of potential hazards, so it's just general safety, workplace injuries, uh, faulty workmanships and materials. Uh, these kind of things are all common threats. So if there was an accident in the daytime, and usually the video helps for verification purposes and education purposes, what went wrong, uh, who was at fault, and most importantly, how can we avoid uh, things like that happening in, again in the future, right? So lots mm -hmm. of learning from it. And then uh, I suppose the other thing is... Um, and more really due to the pandemic, but seasonal slowdowns and labor shortages and delays in materials and increased costs, which really all adds to the increased likelihood uh, of theft. Uh, it all ties back to that. So those are those are some of the common things mm -hmm. um, or common threats we see anyway. Yeah, the, the safety piece is really interesting um, because, um, <clears throat> you know, one of the things a, uh, uh, an, employment lay, an employment lawyer will tell you is if you have an incident uh, in your workplace anywhere on the job site, um, the thing they're going to demand or or be looking for is documentation, documentation, documentation. They, they want to they want to see the reports, they want to see the the, the follow up, they want to see what happened. So it seems to me having having video from a good security system would would be helpful with that. Yes, absolutely, and um, not all systems are created equally. I mean, for those. For, for people that may be listening to this that are not in, in this industry as in security or specializing in it. Um, yes, it, fundamentally, cameras work the same way, right? They capture an image, they record it, and you know you go back and you look at that and use it for some possible evidentiary uh, purposes, right? But there's huge differences when you look at different manufacturers when you, when you start thinking about the image quality and Having just an image alone might not be enough. Uh, it does have to have really good quality, especially in tough conditions, like a construction site is a, is a pretty tough condition. Um, they can be the dirty and dusty, the, the lighting may not be great. And 
um, you need a really good quality image uh, to be able to use that, right? Mm. Otherwise, there's there's a lot of uh, subjectivity that, that can come into the equation and, and cause problems for people, right? It's like, well, that's not me, or that doesn't look like me, or that's if the quality's not there, it, it can be tough to find it, right? So, yeah, and so much of it happens at night. You probably need night vision sometimes, and 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 things like that. Um, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. In infrared, it comes up a lot, um, but oftentimes the, the downside with infrared is you're going to get an image that looks black and white, and not everybody necessarily wants that. So there are other technologies where there's really good low light capabilities, um, where you don't necessarily need infrared, and you're still getting good quality colored images at night. Um, I mean, we've been doing that so long now; it's kind of like almost feels like old news, but that may not. Uh, to, to the audience listening to this, they may not realize that uh, that that's the case, right? So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's things are things are changing fast for sure. So, tell me, uh, so get into the specifics, I guess, a little bit of 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 what kind of uh, uh, security and safety measures are 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 actually being put in place out there. What like are, are there sort of levels of 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 how how advanced or how sophisticated you can get? Uh, I guess take me through, you know, from the very basic thing up to maybe what some of the fanciest systems you've seen uh, do. Sure. I mean, well, well, the most basic system you could possibly put in is usually a recorder and a couple of cameras, right? And it's kind of set it and forget it. Um, and it, it's kind of a, we would call that a reactive or sorry, well, yeah, reactive system because you you don't really think about it until something happens and then you go run to the to the box to try to get the play back and find out what happened and then do something with it right mm-hmm. so that that's that's kind of your down and dirty or bread and butter whatever you want to call it type of system mm-hmm. uh, but if you start kind of wanting to get things more not even not even more advanced but just more usable right and, and actually getting more out of your system um Network audio, I'm going to touch on real quick because I think it's a very important piece, especially on the construction sites. But network-based uh, speakers that are placed around the facility. Um, so let's say you have an incident um, and you need to make an announcement or let's say you have to shut a site down because of a health and safety issue and you need to get that message out to everybody like, okay, time to evacuate the site. Uh, touch wood, right? But something bad happens. Well, those, those network audio speakers can be used for that, right? And play those messages and play some really loud audible tone or something everyone can uh, can really hear and know, okay, that's that's a bad sound. We all got to get out of here. And uh, that happened actually at a couple of sites. We've got some solutions where they, they had a three-tone, right? it's almost like a fire alarm, right? Everybody kind of knows what it means. But they had a, a three-tone system, whereas if you hear these three beeps in consecutive order, time to leave the site. You know? um, so that, that's a good example. Then remote monitoring. Now, remote monitoring has been around for years, so it's not exactly all that new. But what is more recent is the ability to more accurately and then reliably detect activity after hours using more advanced analytics, detection analytics. So... To, to give a little better explanation of that, a remote operator uh, doesn't even need to be on the site. They could be a thousand kilometers away. They receive an alert. Maybe it's after hours. They get the video pop up on the screen and then they can actually use those same network speakers to make a real-time announcement or have an automatic trigger of a pre-recorded message. So that 
now you're being more uh, more proactive than reactive, right? So you're you're trying to prevent the potential incident happening and scaring somebody away uh, before they get up get up to no good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then the other things are visitor management. So some construction sec- uh, sites need to be very secured and have very restricted access to who who can come and go onto those sites. Um, so we have uh, network intercoms. Uh, they go on the gated entries. Um, so any like person or maybe a vehicle that needs access to that site would have to press a button, call an operator. They could verify who they are uh, before they give them access or they give them some kind of what they call a mobile credential. So you can even pull out your phone now and your phone becomes kind of like your access control card. You know, you can actually take it out and even put it to the reader and gain access. So it doesn't matter that you maybe forgot your old fob or the chain, you know, the, the little clip on that always breaks. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then you got to pay, you know, maybe 10 or 20 bucks to your company to get a new one. Um, <laughs> usually people won't forget their phone. It's kind of glued to their hand half the time. And uh, so we said, well, why not use that as the credential? And um, then everything's electronic and digital. It's easier to manage. So that's where you're kind of taking it up a notch, right. And, and getting more advanced. Um, and then I suppose the, the, the one I kind of have to talk about is, is artificial intelligence because um, that's another layer now on top of uh, the video system. It's what else can the camera do? And if I take a construction site as, as an example, we had a partner write a piece of software and it loads right on board the camera. And it can even do things like detect uh, if you're wearing a hard hat or not. And, uh, wow. Give you, give you very useful metrics at the end of a week and say, well, we had a thousand people come onto the site because the cameras can actually count people too. And 80% more a hard hat and 20% didn't. And, you know, it's less about singling out an individual person, um, but it, it's getting data that says, hey, uh, we, we've got a pers- big percentage of people not wearing the right safety equipment. It's an opportunity for education or something like that, right? Right, right, right. So, yeah, we just use cases that we didn't think we'd, we'd ever get pulled into, but uh, there's, there's a lot of that stuff happening. It sounds like more and more of the work these days is on the software end. You guys, you guys must spend uh, more time at a keyboard than you do uh, playing around with a camera. It, it's getting that way. Um, <laughs> you know, it, the cameras now these days, like what they can do out of the box, it's, it's getting a lot easier. Um, I have to say, and yeah, definitely more time being spent well, I don't know if it's more or not. I can't say, but because there's so much time being put in the hardware still too. There's so many new things coming. Yeah. Um, new sensors and new chips on board that are more powerful processors and all these things. But it goes hand in hand, right? The hardware by itself uh, is useless without the, the right software behind it. So, You guys playing around with drones at all? I, I guess that's not, I mean, if you have a sort of a, a static surveillance need, there's not much not much room for that i know i know the companies themselves are using them to like do building inspections um but uh does that does that ever come into your world at all it does um and interestingly enough when it comes to drones it's less about uh so in the construction industry they might be useful to fly around and take pictures and do all these things um the companies that come to us are actually more interested in detecting detecting drones that are not supposed to be there uh, flying oh, around. Yeah. So uh, imagine it's a prison, for example, or 
and okay, this could be post-construction. I mean, but uh, you fly a drone overhead and that drone might actually be carrying something that, that it shouldn't be uh, yeah. that they want to drop in. Mm-hmm. That's a big, uh, that's a big problem. <laughs> but I, 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 so yeah, we, what we do there is we use combinations of radars and cameras and the radars actually detect the drones. The camera follows and tracks the drone and shows where did it go and what did it do and wow what did it land and you know uh, that kind of thing so i i would argue on a construction site um maybe you don't want somebody else's uh, drone flying around there either especially if it's a secure site so right yeah yeah that there's a trend there for sure in uh, hmm. uh more like airports uh, prisons things like that but yeah yeah it'll be a little less on the construction side but that's that's a little bit that's, less that's amazing technology that you could pick up the the drone on basically on radar or lidar or something, and and actually track it with the camera. That's 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 pretty neat that's right. stuff. <laughs> and uh, and more interesting is the pilot, right? Who's controlling it, and where's that person? That's what they want to find too. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I guess if you yeah, you'd have a, a region you could look around in. Uh, other yeah. things that other things that came to my mind while you were talking. Um, uh, a lot of this uh, sounds um, well. To tell me, uh, to what extent are, are is your site security system or is, is any site security system can be made uh, sort of portable? A lot of this sounds like something you'd have to go to a lot of effort to set up. And maybe if you had a big commercial site that was going on for weeks, months, years, that, that, would, that would make some sense. What about somebody, say, doing house renovations, right? Mm-hmm. Where they're, you know, they're going to be in and out of there in a, in a, in a, in a week or two. Um, is there, is there some sort of a solution for a site like that? Yeah. I mean, if you're doing maybe not house renovations, uh, like I, I would say it's probably a less common use case for us, but mm-hmm. there, there definitely are sites that they're, they're they need temporary, uh, they need something there temporarily. Right. Um, and the typical use cases where they may not have power, they may not have connectivity and they need, they still need to get something up and running. Right. Um, and you can't, and actually maybe there is power on the site, but usually in a construction, the power in the early stages is not reliable. It's it's being turned on and off or it gets cut in and out as, as maintenance gets done or maybe somebody accidentally puts a shovel in the ground and digs up a wire. I mean, you get you get all these kind of things happening. So we, we do like a solar system, right? integrated as part of a solar deployment, uh, fuel cells actually uh, using... Um, uh, ethanol actually very clean burning fuel right and sometimes they're they're hybrid and these uh, and they can put these on trailers so you could tow it along all attached to a trailer that has like an extendable mast on it you plunk it right there on site uh it has a wireless modem in it and then you just kind of fire it up like turnkey and then you could leave that run for a week or a month or uh, whatever it needs to be and then come back and take it um but but you did ask the question about re- like a renovations in, in a residential. I mean, and you could do it. Like there are small cameras that you can just temporarily put up and yeah. pop like a little SD card into it, and um, it has a little Wi-Fi antenna in it, and you could just put that in there and um, you know maybe mount it somewhere in a corner and leave it run for the month and hmm. or whatever it is as you're doing your renovations. Yeah, and, like it just seems so, like it's possible that you could do something. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, if you're leaving, you know, you're leaving a generator there or something. I, I mean, you know, the, the, the theft, the theft potential is still there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, we, uh, well, actually, I'll give you a good use case because recently I bought a bunch of lumber. This is my own personal story for a, for a deck. And yeah, I, you know, lumber, okay, it's come down a little bit in price, but still not cheap by any uh, stretch of the, <laughs> the word. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, every second it was sitting out there in the driveway. Like, I was, <laughs> like it's weighing on my mind. And it's like, even with a camera there, the thing is, okay, your material is still gone, whether you caught someone that did it or not. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You may not be getting it back. Yeah. And I would much rather scare that guy away with some alarm and have, you know, even if he takes off to the other side of the city. And, and a lot of companies think that way too, unfortunately. It's like, well, look, um, if they're going to go to another site, I would rather that site gets hit than mine because at the end of the day, uh, it's very hard to get like reimbursed for that kind of thing. And, and most companies end up taking a hit on it, you know, whether, whether you caught the person or not. <laughs> so. Yeah. I guess there's two ways to think about it, right? There's the surveillance piece and then there's, like you say, uh, alarms and, and I guess even, even if it's not an alarm, it's it's somehow making the uh, security system obvious, right, and visible, and 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 that and that I imagine shine uh, turning on bright lights or something would be would be good at night. Um, is that, yeah, those elements all come into it too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the more the more obtrusive I think you make it um, to, to the opportunistic thief, let's call them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be like the minimal effort for maximum return, right? So, I mean, um, if there's 10 different houses and yours is the one that has all of this technology on it, well, that's chances are they're going to kind of skip past that and, um, mm. you know, go somewhere else. And mm. I'd like to say scare them away and never do it again, but that, that may well, not, might not be telling the truth. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess nobody likes to think about it in terms of we're trying to we're trying to scare them off to the next construction site over. But let's let's face it, yeah. <laughs> that's, it could be well, all that's happening. But at least they're deterred. Right. Well, a lot of a lot of houses even will get things delivered, right? And mm-hmm. there may not necessarily be anyone at a, at a at the facility at that time. It's just the house. I mean, and people may not be paying attention to it. So materials get dropped off, and maybe you're not going to be physically at that site for a couple of days. Right. And I mean, it's nice even just for peace of mind to have something there. You can pull out your phone uh, or get a push notification because that's pretty common these days. And something happens, you get a little notification on your phone. Uh, You you pull it up, look at the camera and you go, okay, it's, it's just somebody dropping materials off. They're supposed to be there. That's fine. Um, But if it's 2 AM and somebody's poking around, it's like, well, it's probably not a contractor or probably somebody that's not supposed to be there. Right. What's your, uh, what's your opinion on uh, equipment tracking, like with GPS uh, devices attached? Um, and, and, and I mean, most of the drivable vehicles uh, these days have that in there. Um, yeah. Of course, a lot of thieves know how to disable them and, and, and some of the equipment manufacturers have had to go to great lengths to sort of conceal where it is uh, in the in the in the vehicle, uh, but then uh, you know I I believe there's options uh, even for smaller equipment. Uh, I, I know uh, uh, some of the tool manufacturers, like I mean hand tool manufacturers, are coming out with with different uh, with different solutions for that. What is 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 that stuff helpful? I guess again, it's a it's a question of really helping the police find the thief uh, uh, more than more than anything else, right? Yeah, and it's something. Um... 
like let's say me at Axis, it's not something we would do here, but I, I'm familiar with the technology and mm-hmm. I've seen a couple of use cases for it, like with, with tools for sure. Um, the, the, the fact that they're doing it at a tool level is really interesting. I've seen it in the more at the container level yeah. where you may have a whole series of tools stuck in a container and they'd have a GPS tracker in the containers themselves as they're shipping them, right? Sometimes you're, you're shipping these uh, boxes across the country. Um, and what do you want to happen, I guess, is, well, if something goes missing, you know, you want to find where it is. It's very useful uh, information. Can it be tied to the video surveillance part? So mm-hmm. um, what, what we've done is we've got a way to automatically, like we might put a camera inside and when the door opens, it might flash, you know, take a picture oh. and send send that image somewhere remotely. So even if they destroy the camera, it doesn't really matter. Like the, the data already left, you know? Cool. Um, <laughs> it's like those, uh, sometimes you'll see them on America's funniest videos, like the, yeah, somebody breaks in, sees a camera and they go and they smash it up thinking, ah, oh, now, now the recording's gone, right? But, <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, it's already out there. It's already on the airwaves. Too late now. Yeah, and especially with now I like cloud, it. I mean, just connectivity everywhere, and um, it, it doesn't matter that the, you try to even smash the recording locally. Chances are, it's it's gone off site somewhere, and um, you, you've got no way to tell where it went or who it went to. And so, how how good is the facial recognition these days, Gavin? Is it uh, you know is is it pretty reliable? It, it is. I mean, uh, facial recognition is one of these sort of controversial subjects, right? And uh, But in terms, when, when people say facial recognition, uh, usually what they're referring to is a camera that catches a face um, and it sort of cross-references it to some kind of database of, right. of a stored image of that person and then matches it up with a, with a certain amount of percentage and said, yes, this is, you know, Patrick or this is Gavin and we're, we're 96% sure. So today it's, it's gotten quite, I have to say very accurate. Um, the, the challenges years ago, it was always a lot more difficult to do it. The, the technology wasn't quite where it was today, but what's really made it um, evolve is, is AI, right? So that's kind of the umbrella term, but uh, deep learning is probably a better um, deep learning and, and machine learning, I think is, is a better way to describe it. Um, and yeah, they've gotten pretty good. So we have a camera today that you can buy. You can load on the face recognition analytic right on board the camera itself. And it will, you know, read the face. It can go and match it to a database. And then you can do something with that information. Um, like access control is going to be a common one. Right. So matches the face. Yes, that's Patrick. Uh, Maybe, maybe open a door or let you into a facility. And it, you could call it security, but it's maybe um, it's kind of a hands-free way of getting into a facility. Maybe it's a convenience thing uh, for some. But it, it's definitely not without its flaws either. I mean, if, if obviously it needs to see a good clear shot of the face, uh, yeah. usually it needs two eyes, you know, a nose and a mouth, right? And... If that's too badly obscured, I mean, there's a chance that it's not going to work properly. You're going to get some false uh, hits. Right. Um, I'm picturing a, I'm picturing a scenario where you've got the facial recognition cameras pointing at the job site, and and 
uh, of course, I don't know how close they have to get or how much they can zoom in, but but it would detect if there was a person there who was not in your database, right? Like it's it's got the database of your approved workers, and then and then it goes, wait a minute, this person is not not supposed to be there, and then send some well, kind of an alert. Yeah, I mean it's possible um, because yeah, if um, now now it is realistically it's difficult. If you're looking at a very large open space yeah. and yeah. to grab a face from a crowd, now you, you may there are some companies that, that maybe advertise that it's a lot more difficult to do than maybe what people think. But mm. usually for facial recognition to work well, um, it is just from my own experience, but there has to be a sort of a control point um, where somebody walks through a, a particular area You've, you've usually got a very high resolution camera looking at this particular spot and it needs to, it needs a couple of seconds to really get a good clear um, shot of the face and then match it to the database. And from that point on, then um, yes, you could have other cameras throughout the facility and placed in different areas where it could still be grabbing the face um, and the ability to be able to search that face later on. So right. you, you, you find it, you search it, and you try to find where did that person go, you know? Mm-hmm. But there, there's other things that complement that. So the face is one thing, but the other things are, uh, like a camera can pull out what they call metadata from, from a particular scene. So if, if a person walks through, that person may have a hat on, they may be wearing a backpack, uh, they may have a particular color clothing on. All of that information can get stored as metadata, which is then searchable. So you could say show me people that had red, a red shirt on. And it would narrow that down very quickly and, and you know, save you a lot of time and effort uh, trying to find a piece of information. Mm-hmm. Um, so the systems are kind of getting smarter that way. And the facial recognition, that's just one extra layer, right? So there, there's a whole bunch of things that you can do there. Yeah, you could do different, different things. And working, working in this field must make you marvel, though, at times, Gavin, at what our brains can do right like i mean when you try to solve this problem with computers facial recognition and the audio recognition i remember for years you couldn't get voice to text software that worked at all uh really yeah. you know it's it's uh, that that's a that's a total side point but i just <laughs> just to me to me it's astonishing you know how, how how what we're capable of when you when you really think about it right well you know one, one thing i realized and as great as the technology is and, and i love the technology side the, the systems that are out there and the ones that tend to work the best are not just reliant 100 percent on the technology there, there's always that people element of things um, mm. to, to verify because um and because when you don't do that there's, there's sometimes unrealistic expectations of what, what the system can do yeah, uh, what somebody might have saw on the TV or CSI or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and the other, you know, there's a myth, and this is a kind of old one in, in the security industry, but some people will say that the cameras protect or they secure the facility, and really the cameras themselves don't don't actually protect anything, right? If you really right. think about it, they'll um, sit there and watch while your whole site goes down. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're they're, they're, a, they're a deterrent. I mean, you could yeah, say for some. True. Yeah. Um, but the, again, the software that's being loaded on board is allowing the systems to be more proactive. Um, like I'll give you an example. We have a, we have a software company that we work with 
that has a smoke detection software that loads on board a camera. And we've used that to be able to detect smoke uh, when, when after maybe, maybe it's after hours and there's nobody on site. Um, and there may not be someone to actually see that sees it and responds to it, right? So the camera can actually detect smoke. And usually where the smoke is fire with obviously exceptions, but um, hmm. if it's a construction site after hours, I mean, there probably shouldn't be any smoke. And yeah, yeah, they, you know, you can maybe prevent something bad happening, but that, that uh, detection should go to a human operator where they look at it, verify it and say, yeah, something's up and make that human decision of, of what they need to do next. Uh, dispatch yeah. the fire trucks or set off the alarm or do whatever it is that they need to do. Right. But, um, That's useful because, because uh, you know, the construction site is obviously outdoors and uh and and a regular smoke detection system might not uh might not be able to pick it up right because you wouldn't have enough density uh maybe in the air that's right um yeah. and you you need a certain level of intelligence as well to filter out uh things that are not smoke like like dust sometimes oh, can look yeah. like smoke or yeah. you might have a diesel truck um blow out a big puff of black smoke and um the, the algorithm has to be intelligent enough to filter that out and say, well, hang on, there's a, so it needs to be able to detect that there's an actual vehicle there and that the smoke is coming from the vehicle, not something else. Uh, otherwise you're just getting, you'd just be getting false alerts all day that there's a, that there's a wow. fire and get annoyed by the system and just turn it off and ignore it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's gotta be a, that's gotta be a design consideration, right? There's too many false positives and your security system's going to become as useless as if it wasn't there at all. Uh, yeah. I imagine that's gotta be that's a, right. an element of it. Huh. Yeah. Everybody um, has a, a tolerance level to false alarms, right? So if, um, if you got 20 false alarms in a night, is that too many? Uh, or is, is one too many, right? I mean, right. um, that's that's kind of those are the conversations I have with people all the time. <laughs> so it seems to me now that you've if you've got uh, uh, a lot of this security around your site and you know you 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 have the surveillance, you've got cameras, you possibly have very sophisticated algorithms looking at what's going on. There must be ways to turn this to your benefit operationally, right? Like th there's got to be ways to help your help your help your business, help your process. Have you seen any of that, Gavin? Is, is that something that, uh, that that people do with these systems once they have them? Oh, of course. I mean, it, it could be something as simple as did this particular, let's say there's a truck supposed to show up uh, with materials. Did it show up? Did it drop it off? Um, did it show up on time? Yeah. Uh, did, this, did this contractor show up and do the work? I mean, all these kind of things. Um, you can be leveraging the systems for uh, operationally, right? Um and, and making things more efficient um, and things like this, even the basic security, it's still part of the operations, but uh, having people and vehicles to be able to gain access uh, efficiently. So they come up and they press a button on an intercom and uh, instead of maybe there doesn't have to be uh, a guard or an operator standing there to let people in, they could be remotely uh, letting people in, in and out and that's that can all help with the with the operation side of things right yeah and Just and you general, know there's yeah yeah and i mean like in in the manufacturing world in a factory they do uh, of course you know lean manufacturing uh, type type models and part of doing yeah. that is just tracking you know how much wasted 
effort people make, you know, for instance, walking from, you know, this, this station over to that station or from this part to that part, they, to go get this tool over there and, and, and all that. I mean, presumably you could do some sort of analysis like this on your work site to see how much, how much wasted time there is uh, uh, by people just being inefficiently placed or something like that. Yeah, you could because uh, I mean, you've got the video surveillance. I mean, there's there's even panel yeah. zoom cameras, and you can move them around and zoom in and look at uh, look at wherever you want, really. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you could see if there's a lot of waste, uh, wasted lumber, or wasted metal, or uh, what's yeah. left over, and um, where does that go? Sometimes it's it's scrapped, and um, we've actually had cases where you know you've got these large triaxle trucks. Uh, the, I think they're it's a ten ton. I forget the weight of them anyway. But where they show up on site, they need to take all that, you know, scrap metal away, and maybe it's going off to a recycling plant. Um, and that recycling plant might say, well, there wasn't actually that much steel. There was only it was mostly aluminum. Or um, this this has happened a few times. Well, you've got video verification. Huh. If you've got a camera overhead, say, so, well, here's the picture of the truck leaving, and here's what was in it. So we know at least what happened to the point of where it left our site, you know, <laughs> and then you can sort of start to figure out what happened maybe along the way. Right. Who's so, lying. <laughs> well, that takes away that, uh, yeah, that subjectivity, right. It just shows yeah. you here's what happened. And, um, yeah, you, you do with that information, what you want. Right? So you're a, uh, you're, you're, you're a person who is, uh, concerned about, uh, security on your site. You want to uh, uh, do more than 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 whatever it is you've been doing, uh, Gavin. What uh, g- give us the pointers? Uh, what what are you? What, what sort of thought process should you go through? What what factors are you taking into consideration? And and what do you need to be looking for in terms of a, a system and a provider? Sure. I mean, a lot of this is is the the same thing um, you might think about before you do business with any company, but. Are, is, are they well known, tried and tested, uh, reputable, uh, reliable, that kind of thing? Uh, as a manufacturer, uh, the, the things I would look for is that company innovating, right? So are they are they kind of at that leading edge of technology? Um, and then I, I probably can't emphasize enough the support because having a system in place is great, but what if something goes wrong? Do you have that local level of support mm-hmm. from not just your your integrator but your uh, the manufacturer? And it's just things like, you know, do they stand behind the product and, and that kind of thing. Um, to, to access, I can obviously speak to, I mean, uh, and that we do very well. And there's a reason we do so well here in the, the Canadian market and indeed uh, around the world. Hmm. Good stuff. Well, Gavin, this has been interesting. Um, where do, uh, where can people get a hold of you if they're, uh, if they have more questions? Yeah, sure. I mean, couple couple of ways. I'm I'm always open to a phone call. Um, they can email me, uh, or they can go on the website and just go on access.com. Uh, yep. Go into the contacts. You'll see a free phone number and phone in, and, and we'd be happy to help anyone that uh, may need help putting putting a solution together. Gavin Daly, architect and engineering manager for Access Communications. Thank you so much for telling us all about site security today. Well, thanks, Patrick. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to The Hammer. You can find episodes online at CanadianContractor.com 
or subscribe on your favorite podcasting service. The Hammer is presented by Canadian Contractor Magazine.